It wouldn't be a, a podcast if Henry didn't. Didn't say 5'9". I think you probably keep a list of everyone who's 5'9 in your back pocket and occasionally pull it out and check off someone who you've mentioned. Make sure you get to everybody. Who, who was it? Anthony McFarland was a guy I dropped to the league today, and I was like, oh, 5'9", 198. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Gio, man. He's a little dude. He's like my size. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ranking RBs for Dynasty philosophies. That's why. Dang, you got Lenny tied with Carter right now? You can get out of here with that offer. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. The youngest old running back ever. <laughs> I almost said it right, I swear to God. Or else Najee go and catch me outside. <laughs> Too far. Too far. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa. And as you can tell from the intro, clearly, once again, joining us is Henry, the Saint. The undisputed king returns. Derrick Henry's still out for a couple more weeks, probably the rest of the year, actually. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> this battle has been decided. We're going to somewhat battle, or at least go back and forth today, as we do a 2022 PPR vet running back mock rank. Basically, we'll just be going back and forth, selecting RBs as if we were ranking them starting next year. Should be good. wonder if I'll snipe you on the same guys I was all of last offseason. The occasional Acres snipage. Yeah, more than occasional Swift snipage. We'd always be arm wrestling over him. Yeah, while it may not be sexy to admit, I was taking, you know, Acres right before Swift. But even when I was selecting Swift, it was at the end of the second round. And startups, when he fell there, I'd take him even higher than that. But even then, I was getting mocked in the mocks for it. So I guess that's why you call them mocks, though. There's definitely some challenges here as far as trying to project a rank forward to the following year. Because you're going to see guys like who are past the AJ picks, past what you would consider peak, where they might be going later than you might assume based on where we are right now. Because right now, there's going to be several of these guys who are valuable assets for the remainder of the season and still have some positive outlook, but maybe not as positive as they are right now. So uh, I'd imagine we'll see some disparity between current value and projected 22 and forward value. Absolutely. Always do every year, year over year. Guy that finishes, you know, potentially top 12 area is just, you know, ages out the next year. So it's when I see dynasty rankings, it's really hard to be critical of, okay, no, your older guys are too high or your older guys are too low because it depends on your approach. Like if you're trying to win right now, your dynasty ranks for how you would look at players in that league specifically may be different than a league where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm one and eight, I'm one and nine. I'm not doing anything this year. I'm only looking forward. Yeah, I've got a couple of those teams where... The record isn't looking too great, and I've got a couple of those older running backs, you know, like uh, Eckler, Aaron Jones, a 26-year-old, and I'm like, someone come get this guy and win the league this year, please, so I can get something out of him, because they're not doing anything good on my team. Yep, so even like how you claim the throne when Henry went down, honestly, if you're rebuilding, 
Maybe there's a chance you kind of want Henry. Maybe right now isn't the best time to trade for it. Maybe waiting a couple weeks. Because right now, you know, last week this guy was on pace for 2,000 yards. And then this week you want to trade for him. I want a lot because I just lost this big piece. You'll let that pain wash away a little bit. Like distance yourself from this uh, emotional tragedy before it's going to be easier to kind of part with that guy and let him go. Like, you know what, forget it. This guy's one of the older Arby's that are in ranks, you know, cut him loose a little bit. He might have some value for next year, even though it hasn't really been talked about, but they have an out for next year if they want for Henry. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, most contracts in the NFL have an out after two years on the deal, and running backs are no exception to that. Teams want their outs on their running backs. I'd imagine they stick with them, but you, you never know. Maybe they pressure them into a restructure or something. I, w- I would think he's still around next year in the Titans. So those are additional challenges when you're trying to project forward because one, you know, there's contracts there that if you just strictly pretended that these had no ability to change, then you could kind of like align the stars appropriately and be able to have a clear view. Well, this guy goes down, injury settlement, he's cut, could happen all in a matter of no time. That and a bunch of other different possibilities, contracts can change and whatnot. And if you're looking at like opportunity now, You know, there's going to be the draft before next season starts. How much did people love James Robinson and then not love James Robinson and then love James Robinson again after ETN went down? So there's going to be a bunch of different changing variables. So no matter what you end up deciding, you know, you have a chance to look foolish because it definitely could change on a dime. Yep, and it's not just an age thing either with a lot of these running backs. I think it'll be something we dive into, the perception that perhaps receiving backs last longer than straight running backs do. Obviously, they score more points with receptions being worth more. See how guys like Eckler age versus guys you know, like Derrick Henry, guys that kind of get spread out a little more, like Kamara. A touch is a touch on the body. Take the hits either way, but someone that's getting... 300 touches a year, 250 or whatever it was for Henry versus a guy that maybe is only getting, you know, 150 in a split backfield right now. Yep. As we dive in here, the goal is really to give you a glimpse or at least a perspective of the future so that when you're making trades right now, be it rebuild or win now, you still have an idea of how this is going to affect your future outlook for your dynasty team. So we're going to jump right in here because we have a lot of picks and then I'd like to be able to have enough time for us to kind of react as far as who doesn't necessarily make the top 24 because after you get past those first couple groups of running backs I have it as like tiers with various question marks kind of lumping tiers together is that kind of how you have it definitely last offseason I had more clear-cut tiers with it being the off season, really understanding those situations as concrete, not you know fluidly changing. Right now, it seems like there's there's a lot of things changing. A lot of guys going on IR. A lot of guys coming off IR. So I have a relative idea of my tiers, but it's not like last year where I could go you know Acres, Swift, Gibson. That's a tier, and you know Dobbins somewhere in there. Now it's like there's guys coming off injuries, and there's guys. You know, that are in a split backfield going to inherit the lion's share, and there's guys aging out a little bit here. So we'll see how this breaks down. Yeah, how I formulate my tiers in the offseason, before the draft, after the draft, and now are all going to have different 
reasons for why a tier is created. You might have a tier of the high upside guys that are coming off injury or pre-NFL draft. You might have a tier of the guys who are at risk of receiving competition or replacement from the NFL draft. So as the season goes along, the tiers label may change and the contents of those tiers may change. With this exercise, we'll at least be able to give you the perspective looking for it as of right now. Should be a fun one, like the quarterbacks, but slightly more people involved than 32. Yeah, there's 32 starting quarterbacks in a given week. There's 32 starting running backs, but then there's the backup running backs, and there's the third down guys, the goal line guys, and there's the potentially future guys, and there's the aging out vet guys, and there's just a lot more to consider. But as we get rolling here, since I am so such a gentleman... And so courteous, I'm going to allow you to go first simply because I don't want to select the third running back off the board. I think this might play out in my favor, so I may have stacked the deck in my favor. To start off this draft, Henry, you may begin here with the 1.01 of the mock rank for 2022 and forward veteran running backs. Mm, How magnanimous of you (laughs) to give me this great honor. Well... You're welcome, King Henry. Yes, as king, I decree that I shall have the first pick. (laughs) And to Jonathan Taylor, I bequeath the honor. Yep. All right. He's bequeathing stuff. (laughs) This might be a little different than how people started this year going in with Christian McCaffrey, but two years in a row, injury-riddled storyline. He's not 23, 24, 25 anymore. 22 and forward. He's an aging guy. I think it's easily Jonathan Taylor. The only other player who I really think you could even potentially make an argument for would be DeAndre Swift. And that's who I will select, assuming that I am able to start the draft for you so that you can make a selection. Thank you. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor last year got off to that solo start, and there was a lot of weird chatter on Twitter about, like, do I drop Jonathan Taylor in my redraft league? What's wrong with Jonathan Taylor? It's uh, it's Marlon Mack, even though he got injured first week. It's Naheem Hines on all these weird passes from Phillip Rivers. Well, Phillip Rivers is gone. Naheem Hines is a little less involved. Taylor last year had, you know, 11 touchdowns. I think, yeah, 1,100 yards as well. Finished at the RB6 in PPR last year as a rookie. Through nine weeks, he's the RB2 on pace for 10-plus touchdowns, already at eight. Going to well surpass that, knock on wood. And at 800 yards currently, definitely going to surpass that 1,000-yard mark. Get a guy who's 22. He's huge. He's built to last for sure. He had all those collegiate rushing records. It's not a surprise to see this guy succeeding behind that awesome offensive line. They haven't even had Quentin Nelson for most of the year. Bada bang. And the best part is that in the Sleeper Wire Writers League, my first two selections, I selected Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. And the Taylor Swift combo ends up being what might end up, or at least looks like now, potentially being the number one and number two RB in the league. And that's not even to mention I got Najee Harris later on in that draft. Mm, well, with the third pick here after that DeAndre Swift pick, and obviously he's a PPR guy, he's a little more receiving pedigree than Jonathan Taylor. He profiles to be used on those third downs a little more. He doesn't have a Naheem Hines there to take that work from him. The Lions offense, potentially fewer scoring opportunities for him, but he's definitely definitely the the bell cow there yep so we got jt 101 swift 1.02 and it's back to you henry 
Yeah, so between a couple guys here, you know, obviously we got CMC. He's getting a little up there, a little long in the tooth, but he's 25. Next year, he'll be, you know, a year older, as people typically do, unless you're Cameron Artist Payne, and then you get five years older in a year. He'd be an option. He, you know, scores 20 points a game when he plays, it seems. Uh, last week, he, you know, only played on half the snaps and got over 100 yards, just no touchdowns. And then Najee Harris He's, you know, he's a rookie. He's an older rookie. He's 23, but still two years younger nonetheless. And he's been scoring, you know, 20 points a game. Gets all those beautiful checkdowns from Big Ben. Gets 20 carries a game. I think it's going to be Najee Harris here for me. Are you worried at all that they end up with a quarterback who isn't a checkdown Charlie next year as far as it would affect Najee Harris's value? You know, the last few weeks here, he hasn't quite gotten those 14 receptions he got in that one week. I think playing on all three downs as a running back, you're bound to get a ball coming your way regardless of who your quarterback is. Gets 20 carries a game with arguably the worst offensive line in the league. You know, been inefficient on the ground in terms of yards per carry, perhaps somewhat because of that. But give me a guy that's on the field 80 plus percent of snaps and that's a you know stud for fantasy. Well, I like it. Najee Harris is kind of who I was hoping I could sneak in here with my next selection, hoping that you might take the Christian of McCaffrey's. But McCaffrey, let's say he's healthy for the rest of the year, that this point scoring in the teens is his floor for the remainder of the season. He goes into next year. He's 26 years old. So he's, even if you fast forward 12 months, this guy's just 26 and a half, which is the end of peak, at least where I kind of start drawing the line. Granted, he's had a decent amount of touches, but he's on contract through 2023. I'm not sure how realistic the trade rumors were where they were willing to move Christian McCaffrey to uh, acquire Deshaun Watson or whatever, but assuming that they're still rolling with Christian McCaffrey next year if he doesn't get hurt. This is still a league-winning potential RB1 on the season for next year in McCaffrey. He does have the receiving prowess that could allow him an extended career like a James White, super James White, or at least have that potential for longevity there with McCaffrey beyond. Now, the injury concerns are certainly real. There's younger guys that have similar upside that will go after him, but none of them have the same proven track record when healthy that McCaffrey has. So even with you sniping me here on Najee, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the 2021 1.01 at running back in Christian McCaffrey. Yep, definitely can't fault you for taking CMC there. Um, does bear noting that Najee, you know, despite being a rookie, is the RB4 in the year in fantasy. A lot of people had him pegged as a potential RB1 coming into the year for fantasy this year, and people were like, really, a rookie? This guy hasn't played a single NFL snap. How are you going to take this guy the back of the first or even back of the second and startups this offseason? I remember a buddy of ours was very rookie-averse and clowned that pick once, and uh, it turns out that rookies can play NFL ball. Yep, same guy was clowning ETN selection, which wherever he was selected was too high as far as I'm concerned now in hindsight with my 2020 vision. Well, the hindsight 2022 draft here, <laughs> the fifth overall pick, we've got those guys like Gibson with the weird shin injury is up there. Dalvin Cook was often taken the first round of startups, not by us last year, but by a lot. Goodness, in Dynasty, it really is, you know, age and contract situation. 
and future outlook, especially this being a 2022 and beyond outlook here. So with that being said, I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. This season, he has only played four games, really. Had a weird injury, or coming off the ACL repair at the beginning of the year, got off to a slow start, finally got healthy, put a back-to-back 20-plus point games, and then hurt his ankle in a gruesome-looking injury. So hopefully he gets fully healthy. Obviously, he was a second overall pick of the 2018 draft. Be year four next year, and he's got the fifth-year option, and then can hopefully get you know a four-year deal with two years guaranteed. So hopefully you're looking at four more years of Barkley as an RB1. If he can finally shake that injury bug, that'd be ideal. It's hard to say it now just because it's been weeks since we've seen Barkley, but when they compare the incoming prospects at running back, which we didn't mention necessarily in the intro, but a lot of these mock ranks, there's going to be rookies that are slotted in here in various spots. And some of these rookies are going to land in spots that are going to affect the other RBs here. And while you're looking forward with a little bit of that risk in mind when you're ranking it right now, there's definitely going to be some landing spots that completely change how it's looking. But as far as like Saquon there, I don't see incoming rookie RB worries for Barkley. As of right now, he would be a unrestricted free agent 2023 but, you know, at, you know, not even 25 years old yet, you still got some time if uh, he can get healthy and stay healthy there. Yeah, I think we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, Barkley versus McCaffrey with the basically getting a year with Barkley. I think it's roughly a full year younger. And then mm-hmm. contractually, it's a bigger deal to me because McCaffrey's already on the second deal and they got the out in 2023. So you can maybe be looking at two years of McCaffrey and then, you know, God forbid he suffers some bad injury and he's done. Like Leonard Fournette is the same age as McCaffrey, was that same class. And we really weren't talking about him like McCaffrey in this offseason. He was kind of, you know, old, washed. Barkley, not necessarily a ton younger, but from a contract standpoint, you know, if a team's going to commit to him with a four year, $60 million contract, then that's awesome. Fournette's like uh, over a year older than CMC. Uh, they came out in the same class. Mm-hmm. CMC was like the eighth pick and Fournette was the fifth pick. So just contractually, they're in similar spots. They're done with their rookie contracts on their second deals. Mm-hmm. And Fournette's second deal went poorly. Jacksonville, you know, like cut him, didn't even give him the second contract or whatever on that fifth year option year. And then cleared waivers, went to Tampa, had a good year. And now he's on a one year, $5 million deal. So potentially in a similar spot of his career at least from a draft class spot. All right. For me here, as alluded to in the top 24 ranks, I'm a toss up between Javante Williams and Cam Akers. As I said back then, you know, Cam Akers could come back for like the playoffs while he's hinting on Instagram. He could try to make a return before the end of the year too. now that they have Odell Beckham there as well. So not that that would necessarily affect your fantasy value for this year, but if he comes back, this guy puts up like 20-point weeks for fantasy in the NFL playoffs where no one's necessarily playing regular season fantasy at least. This could vault him right back up. If he shows out at the end of the year, you could even see him getting taken over like Christian McCaffrey next year in a startup rank. Now, Javante Williams has been amazing on a per-touch basis and, you know, how many tackles he's breaking and how many yards he's creating, but he's just not getting the super volume of touches. And, you know, Melvin Gordon likely gone next year, though they could just bring another running back in to be Melvin Gordon 2.0 for next season and still hurt Javante Williams' potential value. But that's who I'm a toss-up between right now, at least. Yeah, if it were up to me, I would probably take Javante Williams just 
Queen Slidell, a little bit younger. He's got Melvin Gordon leaving town next year. Cam Makers will have Daryl Henderson there. Everyone projected last year and will likely project next year for Akers to be the clear starter there. But Henderson's shown out this year, and with Akers coming off that injury, maybe they go, hmm, we'll try to spell him more with Henderson, you know, give him a series off here and there, or whatever it might be. Well, for me, that's the tier there. I'm going to go ahead and take your advice, sir, and take Jay Will here with my next selection and hope that maybe you've got your eye on someone other than Cam Akers so I can make it easy on my next one. Yep, and easy I will make it for you. A guy that's currently a little dinged up for me would slot in right here, and Antonio Gibson. He's got three-down capability. He played wide receiver in college at the University of Memphis. He had like seven collegiate carries in total. When he got drafted, people were curious which position he'd play. Um, was announced as drafted a running back. The Geis news happened last offseason, and he became their primary runner rather quickly. And with McKissick there, he hasn't quite been getting utilized in the past game the way you would expect him to. Don't think McKissick's under contract next year. Hopefully Gibson can take that McCaffrey role. They have Ron Rivera as their head coach. Scott Turner as offensive coordinator. That's who McCaffrey was with, you know, two, three years ago in Carolina. So hopefully you're getting the McCaffrey of new in Antonio Gibson. Yes, I, I, I was told I would have McCaffrey and Gibson. <laughs> this uh, order hasn't actually been delivered. Uh, I'd like to file a complaint. But no, really, he's a full year older than Cam Akers. I liked Cam Akers a lot more coming out. Antonio Gibson was one of those where he was a steal in his rookie drafts, like you alluded to there, where you know transitioning to running back, he only had X amount of snaps at running back or carries in college. So I definitely don't have any kind of problem with Gibson there, but I appreciate you allowing me to select Cam Akers easily here and then put you into what I would consider a somewhat difficult selection here with your next pick. Yep, I definitely can't fault you for the Cam Akers selection. He was showing out in those playoffs the year before this one, you know, last year, as some might say. It suffered that Achilles injury and the recovery looks like it's going well. Hopefully we get to see it at the end of this year. Would obviously make you drafting this offseason easier if you knew how he recovered from that injury fully and how the Rams project to use him. It's a great offense. Stafford recently added OBJ there with the Woods and Cup. Again, and not necessarily one of the greatest offensive lines in the league, but seemed to be playing well as a unit. He's definitely going to have a lot of scoring opportunities on that McVay offense. We saw Todd Gurley, you know, be quite the weapon in the McVay offense. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but that's part of the Cam Akers allure, is that this is a team that obviously is all in trying to win a Super Bowl this year, and they've got all the pieces there where they could potentially do it next year as well, too, and Cam Akers could be the one who's back they ride to that potential Super Bowl if he was able to stay healthy. But there we go. I know that this is a pick that I made a lot this offseason. Traded up for him in a couple drafts. Had a friend of ours make fun of that one, and now that team is 9-0, and thanks in large part to this guy. Ezekiel Elliott, the ninth RB off the board here for 22 and beyond. Former top five pick in the NFL draft. He's got an awesome offense there with McCarthy, who I'm not the biggest fan of as a head coach, but he knows how to have a high-scoring offense. 
great offensive line, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, when he finally returns well, gets a lot of scoring opportunities, receiving options, everything about it. He's under contract for a couple more years here, top 10 RB currently. He's got a knee issue, I think, right now. Pollard, early in the season, was showing out. A lot of people were joking around, saying, you know, Pollard better than Zeke. Pollard's going to take over for Zeke. He's younger than Kamara and Cook by a couple days. I think they're all around the same age, though. Mm-hmm. But he's he's under contract, you know, with no significant out until really after the 2023 season. So you're getting at least two more seasons of Zeke. Because they gave him that huge, like, 60 or $90 million deal. And then they keep kicking the can, giving him more guaranteed years. Built to last could be the new Emma Smith for them. You are right that he's really close to the same age as Kamara and Cook. He has a potential out in 2023, as does Cook. Kamara's doesn't kick in until 2024, where his potential out is. And that is also the same as Nick Chubb. So in my next tier here, if... This was a healthy season, and J.K. Dobbins was out there. You know, obviously the running backs aren't super sexy next to the Lamar, but this man isn't even 23. So if he was showing out, putting up a top, at least 24, he was an RB2 on the season and going to be coming in younger than what, like, you know, Najee Harris comes in at this season for next season. There's a, there's a possibility that I would like J.K. Dobbins there. The other ones in consideration would be Chubb, Kamara, and Cook. I kicked Zeke down a little farther than that, but in all reality, I don't really understand why I'd have him any different than Cook or Kamara. They're in the same age, similar contract, similar situation where they're the dominant leader in their backfield. At least with like Cook and Elliott, they've got two running backs who I like as stashes who we'll get to later. Backing them up, Kamara has... You know, nothing. They just traded for a 31-year-old Ingram and Kamara out this week. Ingram's going to get a chance there. He's someone who I'm curious if they potentially draft somebody or they sign a free agent next year to compliment Alvin Kamara. Unsure how the quarterback is going to look or the offense or the team. They could suck next year, too. They definitely don't have a wide receiving threat that's going to be taking away looks from Kamara. So... Well, that's a tier there, I, you know, waffle back and forth exactly the order that I want them. But for argument's sake here, I'm going to go ahead and assume that J.K. Dobbins bounces back from his knee injury, that they do something about the field that doesn't injure all their running backs every other week, and J.K. Dobbins bounces back next year, still a young guy out there. Someone who doesn't have very long teeth, as you would like to say. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> Davin's a little younger than these other guys and certainly can understand, you know, taking him over the older guys. You question the receiving game with Davin's and, you know, how exactly he'll look coming off that ACL. Gus Edwards, Lamar, you know, all of it. But definitely like the pick. He was going in that Acres tier. Well, I'm back to the same cluster of guys that we were just talking about here. Uh, personally, just from what I can tell of the contracts, I like the Zeke deal a little more than the Cook and Kamara deals, but Kamara and Cook's contracts look like they were just written up by the same agent exactly every year. So you give me the guy with less backfield competition currently and Kamara on the better team and Kamara, in my opinion. Um, then there's Nick Chubb around there. You know, they got Eckler mixing territory coming up, but I think I'd be crazy not to take Alvin Kamara here. Just with the receiving work that he gets. It's 80 receptions a year. That's 80 points you're scoring a year. 
I think it's going to be a common question amongst drafters, be it Chimera or Cook. You know, there's a lot of similarities. They each are going to be involved in the passing game, Chimera more so than Cook, but Cook is probably going to be involved in the rushing game more so than Chimera. So they are both the same age, both going to be the lead workhorse in that backfield, at least for another year here before anything could potentially change there. Chubb, on the other hand, is younger than both Cook and Kamara and is not super involved in the passing game. Hunt goes down, you think, hey, maybe Nick Chubb, he'll get some work in the passing game to complement this awesome ability as a runner. Uh, Dearness Johnson getting catches out there. And now Chubb out this week on the COVID list. Dearness Johnson is going to get another chance. So, Dearnessly, I don't really care about him as far as as a threat to Chubb. And I think by the time we roll around to next year, we might like Chubb more than we like Cook. While it might be a little bit of a hot take as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and select Chubb here with my next selection. Yeah, I definitely don't mind it. With that new contract he got there, you mentioned it, Hunt leaving town after the year. Potentially. He's still under contract, but zero dead if they cut him. Yeah, potentially, definitely leaving town in the offseason. I'm sure I'm sure that will age terribly. You know, he's going to somehow get some huge extension, even though he's older. See, if you say potentially and definitely, I can just cut whatever one's hey, wrong. Yeah, be a very good cut. It won't be sliced at all. It'll just sound perfect. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess for me here it is Dalvin Cook. He's kind of like the last of that tier. RB 13 off the board in our projected 2022 ranks. Guy that frequently saw go in the first round of startups this year. He's It's not really anything to do with his level of play. When he's been healthy this year, you know, it's been high teens, low 20s, flirting with him PPR, getting 20 carries a game. Just has not necessarily gotten in the end zone a ton this year. Only two touchdowns on the year so far in both the ground game and receiving. So maybe some positive aggression there and stay a little healthier. Someone who we haven't mentioned yet. Anyone on the Bengals with the first name Joe, I'm I'm interested. And Joe Mixon is a full year younger than Zeke. He's over a year younger than Eckler and Aaron Jones, who we've talked about already here. For my next selection here, I would be battling between Joe Mixon and Travis Etienne. (sighs) Obviously, this organization selected Etienne, and, you know, while the injury is unfortunate, as of right today, he's under 23 years old. He does have the first-round draft capital. Obviously, he's got James Robinson still there next year. But, you know, Joe Mixon has been showing out. He's got this awesome offense. The offensive line may not be the absolute best. They do have a potential out in 2022, which I would be really surprised if they exercised because Joe Mixon's been doing awesome, unless he was a surprise cut like a Fournette in the year he got cut from the Jags. For this next selection here, I'm going to go ahead and take on another couple years and a half and pick Joe Mixon over Travis Etienne. Certainly understand that. Joe Mixon, like you're talking about with the, the contracts, you know, people getting cut or whatever. We were talking with a buddy of ours about Aaron Jones recently and his contract because he got that extension in the offseason when many suspected he might go elsewhere. Miami was a hot destination for Aaron Jones in the offseason. He got that extension in Green Bay, and it was four years, $48 million. But when it comes after the 2022 season, he'd be a cap hit of $19 million and $6 million in dead caps. So they'd be saving $13 million by cutting him. I would fully expect them to exercise that if his play, you know, isn't superb because they have that second round pick and AJ Dillon behind him. 
Whereas when we were talking about those years without Sun, Kamara, and Cook, they would only be saving $8 million. So I actually project Aaron Jones to be the most likely to not see the end of his contract. So that's a guy that I personally have been avoiding in Dynasty for a while, is Aaron Jones. He doesn't have prototypical size. He doesn't have the draft capital, like a fourth round, fifth round pick out of UTEP way back when in the same class as Jamal Williams. And then, you know, potentially Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams leaving town. That offense could be very low scoring, look a lot different. So with that being said, mixing off the board, Eckler's been, you know, quite the the player there for the Chargers. PPR monster. He's the same age as, you know, Zeke, Cook, Camaro, those guys around that same age group. As far as PPR goes, receptions are king, and he gets a ton of them. Definitely does. Someone who has reached that 26 and a half age threshold that I like to talk about, uh, Aaron Jones passed that. So you're taking Eckler there? Yep, it'll be Austin Eckler as our RB15 off the board. So me, I have like Eckler in the same kind of a tier as like Aaron Jones. So. If I'm really trying to win next year, I mean, Rodgers could be gone. That offense could really suck. It could be love and a bunch of, they could end up rebuilding by halfway through the season. And then, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about Aaron Jones there. As far as Eckler, they do have a potential out in 2022, though another one where I'd kind of be surprised if they used it or if they didn't kind of remake some kind of a deal there. But still, not a young guy. I remember him getting that contract and... He's a very humble guy. He was undrafted out of one of those directional Colorado schools. He has, you know, all the weightlifting records there. Very strong, strong dude. And he got like a four-year, $24 million deal. And when he signed it, they gave it to him and they called him an offensive weapon contract. They they didn't even really call it a running back contract when they were looking at the market. And it would have been low even for the, you know, running back market. It was like four years, $24.5 million. So someone that could be asking for a pay bump in the offseason wouldn't be surprised. And while I think... There's a, maybe even a couple rookie RBs I would take above Travis Etienne. I think it makes it easy for my next selection. I'm going to go ahead and take my boy Etienne here, who is the demise of a good percentage of my dynasty teams. Well, a guy that I have quite a few shares of here is the running back of what I still believe to be the best team in the AFC. Yes, that is correct. The Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. It is not the Ravens, as they just... Got smoked by the Miami Dolphins, who are 2-7 and seven with Jacoby Brissett and their backup quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, he's Brian Westbrook feet tall with Brian Westbrook's former coach. Before the knee sprain, which looked way worse than it wound up being, thank goodness for him. He had back-to-back 100-yard games for what I think was the first time in his career he had a 100-yard game, period, and then he had back-to-back of them. We, we say it all the time, but he seems likely to get more involved in the receiving game. Give me the Kansas City offense. I could have predicted that that would be your selection there. <laughs> I personally try to fade Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There's all these various stat lines of things he hasn't done yet. He still <laughs> has that potential, and he's obviously still a young guy, not even 23 as of right now in his sophomore season. So I get the love for CEH. Anyone with an acronym for a name, you know, is automatically going to be cool. But someone who I've had miles ahead, who is now much closer, is Miles Sanders not getting enough looks. And then not helping matters by getting hurt immediately afterwards. This next tier here is really close for me. I don't know. 
I really want like Miles Sanders, but man, Aaron Jones, if somehow Rogers doesn't leave and he has one more hoorah next year <laughs> and it's Aaron Jones and him again, and they talk Adams into an extension or whatever, then Aaron Jones probably deserves to go above these next running backs for that one last hoorah value. But if you're wrong, then you're caught holding the bag because he'll be 27 going into next year. I would rather put my eggs in a basket that has a chance to pay off next year. Oh, messed up. Uh, maybe the year after that, oh, messed up. Maybe two years, you know. With Aaron Jones, you're banking that it's going to be next year that it's going to work out. Because after that, he's Mike Davis. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But still, put a gun to my head, a, a sander to my palm. I'm going to select Miles here. Yeah, I think he's, uh, you know, been affected by the rushing quarterback that they have you know potentially taking away goal line looks not necessarily checking down as often as a prototypical pocket passer would he started off the year with a great game and the stats that i got sent a few of you know miles sanders has had this many great performances with jalen hurts at quarterback and then he followed it up with like seven consecutive awful games with jalen hurts or you know whatever however many games it was so maybe next year it's still jalen hurts maybe it's not maybe those stats should have been presented as sanders has x amount of great performances with hurts before they drafted kenny gainwell and before they signed jordan howard gross i know but what a weird world yeah yeah <laughs> jordan howard's worth mentioning for some reason <laughs> uh it's just gross it feels gross even saying it now what boston scott wound up being the starter when sanders went down so they got a ton of names in that hat and i think jalen hurts might be the top one kind of like the lamar jackson uh situation yeah, not a Boston fan in any sense. No, growing up in St. Louis, definitely dislike Boston. <laughs> Cardinals and Red Sox and Blues and Bruins. No, thank you. Then now, man, Deflate Gate with the St. Louis Rams back in the day. Man, Boston's just the worst. Probably, probably why Aaron and I don't get along. So, speaking of Aaron, still looking at Jones there on the board. This would be his third top 10 year in a row he kind of has that history of being a boomer bust running back where he'll have those weeks where he scores four times like he did against the lions this year and puts up 40 points and congratulations you probably won your week of fantasy football or he didn't score at all and rogers never checked it down to him in the offense flatlined and you got like six points or five points or something he's just so much older than a josh jacobs i think i gotta go josh jacobs here with the the first round pedigree the (laughs) offensive line that's kind of gelling kind of getting better the raiders have had you know a lot of turmoil on that team with quite a number of things happening but josh jacobs has been the rock when healthy consistently putting up 10 points every week that he's played he has helped your lineup yeah, that's probably an optimistic that I'd be able to get Dave Montgomery and Josh Jacobs here and just lock up that whole draft class or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yep, you made the decision easy for me there. Uh, I'm going to tilt towards Young again and just bank that I don't get caught holding the bag with Aaron Jones as he falls to below less than what like Melvin Gordon's worth right now. It could happen all within the offseason slash halfway through next year. As I select Montgomery here, just so we have a little bit of a recap, we just hit number 20. We're going to be going through 24 and then talking about the next ones, but run us back through here real quick. So we got what 21 picks off the board here. Started off JT, DeAndre Swift, a couple of sophomore running backs, which by the time 2022 rolls around will be in their third year. Both second-round guys, so they don't have that fifth-year option. Then Najee Harris at third, perhaps controversial over Christian McCaffrey. 
at number four, CMC, Saquon Barkley, Javante Williams sliding in there, first rookie running back, or second rookie running back, after Najee Harris, and then Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers round out the top eight. Then we start getting into our older guys here, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins coming off that torn ACL, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook there, round out the top 15, Joe Mixon at number 16, Eckler, ETN, then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and Aaron Jones, leaving us here with the 22nd pick of our top 24, presented by Iowa in the NFL. Yep, this is the point where it starts to get confusing. <laughs> like going into the season, the line is really drawn in about the same area there where there's like a cliff where it starts falling off at running back. There's the clear division of the guys who I wanted about my top 20. And then after that, it starts having some questions. Chase Edmonds going to be a free agent next year. Darrell Henderson is going to have Cam Akers back. So there's that kind of confusion. And then you start getting into the high upside cuffs where if something happen to the running back ahead of them especially an older running back ahead of them then this could potentially be something sweet uh even like sneaking like elijah mitchell out there if somehow he just shows out for the rest of the year and goes into next year highly touted there's a handful of other guys too like you know your boy carter and whatnot then james robinson is who i technically would have ranked next on this board and this is hedging with ETN that, you know, ETN first round draft capital, definitely going to get his chance, get some opportunities. But James Robinson been doing really well in his stead. And being that he was a undrafted free agent, he's a restricted free agent in 2023. So it's a bit of a issue when trying to project exactly how much you're going to like James Robinson. Kareem Hunt's out there too. Like he could be a free agent, end up like on the cardinals and be sweet next year for the bucks yeah 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 there's several different little landing spots where he could go and he would be interesting but him he's the same age as like the zeke and the cook and the camara he was that same class that was a stacked class when he was on the chiefs third or fourth round pick out of toledo and just uh had a unfortunate problem come up but He's back now, and he's playing good football and healthy. So I'm not going to live the dream with Kareem. Can't blame you. <laughs> the only other option there would be Derrick Henry picking an old man to potentially put up one more usable season before he explodes into dust. Obviously, that, that would have been laughable three weeks ago. But We got AP playing there at 36. AP. Yeah, if he's AP, then technically he's still got a good nine years left on his career. So... <laughs> Maybe a good four and then like five, you know, (laughs) journey years. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and take James Robinson. At worst, I got probably one of the better cuffs who's still young, who, if he becomes a free agent, could be a starter somewhere where he goes. He's probably actually going to be a lot lower once we get to next year because there'll be rookies that are ranked above him before this perceived cliff. For argument's sake, I'm going to go ahead and take James Robinson. Well, that puts me between picking my namesake, Derrick Henry, and Michael Carter, my my Jets love, closet Jets fan. Not not even really a Jets fan, but everyone likes to think that I am. Not even really closet. Not even really closet, <laughs> no, no. Oh, man, yeah, I think I... I like the security a little more of knowing that Derrick Henry is probably going to, you know, return to the bell cow there in Tennessee. It's just a foot problem, you know, hopefully. Hopefully it's just a foot problem, right? 
and he comes back to full health next year and has one or two more dominant years. Don't know if he'll ever get a top five, top ten year out of Michael Carter, fourth round pick from UNC. Guy I loved a lot coming out, but just don't think I can justify taking him over Derrick Henry. Well, that puts me between Chase Hedmonds and Hunt if you select Henry here. So while you get the old man there, I'm going to go ahead and say Hunt, even if he is on the Browns next year, they run enough and use him enough that he could be still a valuable asset going into next season. He is a couple years older than Chase Edmonds. Depending on landing spot, easily Chase Edmonds could pass him up, Derrick Henry up, James Robinson up, and move up. Uh, Just depends on where he goes and how sweet that situation looks for him. But that's it. That wraps up our top 24. So uh, just to recap these last picks from 21 through 24, we had Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Derrick Henry, and Kareem Hunt. This really feels like a pretty good tier here because after this, it starts becoming all players with more than one question mark that you're kind of worried about. Yep, Chris Carson, I like quite a bit when he's healthy, but he has that chronic neck issue that's held him out the last, what has it been, five weeks here, four and a bye, and then he's missing this upcoming week as well. You know, he's up there in age, he had, what, seventh round draft capital, not a huge contract, but he'll probably be back next year. He's a cheap guy, but definitely not beyond being replaced or having competition in the backfield. And then, you know, touching back on what I said about Michael Carter, the Jets offense isn't necessarily one you want a ton of pieces in. Only fourth round draft capital was, what, the fifth running back off the board this year. And he's he could get replaced a la Devin Singletary when they drafted Zach Moss the next year could just get you know or, uh, Henderson with Acres even another mid-round guy there to split with him. You said about Carson, he has a potential out in 2022, which I'm curious whether they actually exercise that with the neck thing you were talking about there. But then after the 2022 season, the like five days after the Super Bowl, the 2023 season voids, which just seems like a weird detail. And for all we know, they could restructure it tomorrow and it wouldn't matter anymore. He's 27 right now. He'd be 28 next year. Chris Carson is someone who's behind all the high upside cuffs as far as me looking forward. Now, they do bring him back next year. They don't bring in anybody else. All they have is DJ Dallas and Alex Collins to compete with, and he's actually playing and healthy. He's been the lead dog in those scenarios. If he had one more season in him, that would be pretty sweet, but it's one more year max, I think. Penny, P. Ryan, not great. Garbage. <laughs> P. Ryan, though, in the, in the Jets backfield, the Michael Carter, like you, we were just talking about Michael Carter right there. Either way, not not super excited about Chris Carson there. So transitioning into what would be like our honorable mention, the guys who'd be coming up next, like I said, they have some big old question marks. It's definitely Chase Edmonds at the top of that list for me, just thinking that if he lands in a sweet spot, he could be worth more than all these other guys that have someone who is valued higher ahead of them, uh, other than like maybe Michael Carter. But then Michael Carter also has the risk of like draft capital. Definitely a risk for Michael Carter. He's been involved in the receiving game a lot more with Mike White than he ever was with Zach Wilson. Despite what the social media might try telling you, Mike White will not be the starting Jets quarterback next year. 
<laughs> barring some horrific injury. So we'll see exactly how involved Michael Carter still is in the receiving game. Miles Gaskin was up there in last draft season. And while he is currently the RB16 PPR, it's been, you know, three under three and a half yards a carry and, uh, you know, 40 catches will do that to a running back. So for my next tier here, I'm going to list them off for you here. And you tell me if you don't think anybody belongs in this tier. So after Chase Edmonds, I have Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Chuba Hubbard, Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, Damian Harris, Alexander Madison, and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I think the odd man out just anecdotally would probably be Gainwell just from not really knowing what the Philadelphia offense is going to be next year from quarterback to, you know, is Boston Scott going to return at his advanced age and Gainwell has been like the backup to Scott right now. And then the other guys are clear cuffs, but they're a little older. I'd probably throw Chris Carson in that tier. If you were competing next year, I would imagine he's still going to be the starting running back there. They could get out from that contract. sounds like he's going to return from the neck eventually. But that's a, that's a good tier of honorable mentions you got there. Those are all cuff guys, not necessarily someone that you expect to take the next step next year with uh, any of those running backs, like Madison behind Cook, you know, Pollard behind Zeke, Dylan behind Aaron Jones. I think Dylan might be the most interesting out of those guys, but more draft capital. It was the current regime that drafted him. If it were up to me, I'd probably prefer Dylan slightly. Chuba Hubbard, Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, Alexander Madison are all either younger or just barely younger than A.J. Dillon, but they're all under 24. So that's kind of the theme there is that young guys upside have older guys ahead of them, even though they're not the lead guy. All it would take is one twisted knee in the offseason, and then this guy is a top 24 back for the rest of the year, and then would have some interesting conversations to be had in the future. Uh, I like that you said Kenny Gainwell really didn't belong in that tier because he's the only one that really hasn't showed out and been young as the backup. And obviously, who knows what they're going to do if they're only going to give Miles Sanders less than 10 touches in a game. (laughs) I think Kenny Gainwell's sweet, but that doesn't mean they're going to use him if history has told us anything. Yeah, yeah, just because we think Kenny Gainwell's sweet doesn't mean Nick Sirianni is going to lose to him in rock, paper, scissors or whatever it is, so... He's not planting enough sunflowers, apparently. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, Chuba Hubbard was definitely one I liked in the offseason coming in because we saw what Mike Davis did last year in McCaffrey's stead. He was an RB1, and if McCaffrey twists a knee or something, it's like Chuba Hubbard was supposed to be a, like a top prospect coming out, and then he had a rough year or whatever it was when he returned, lowered his stock substantially. It seems like a guy that Matt Rule has a lot of personal experience with, having been the Baylor coach, playing against him at Oklahoma State, experienced firsthand what Chuba Hubbard really could do, a guy that he wanted to go get in that draft. So one of the best cuffs, for sure. What would kind of make up my next tier there? Kenny Gainwell would probably be at the bottom of that tier, just kind of hoping that he grows well. Grows well for Gainwell. Yep, if Gainwell can gain well and not gain poorly, then we'll be set. (laughs) But right after him, I would have kind of like the Chris Carson like you've liked in the above tier. I think I'd rather have Leonard Fournette over Chris Carson. He's a little younger than Chris Carson. He's going to be a free agent. He's probably going to go somewhere where he's going to try to win and going to have a workload or else he wouldn't be going there, right? You know (laughs) what I mean? Like he's probably going to try to be good next year and he's been good this year. 
time is ticking, though, just like Chris Carson. Zach Moss, on the other hand, much younger. Uh, it's weird that Fournette would try to be good. Yeah. Fournette has definitely surprised this year, though, from where people were drafting him. He definitely would have been a value in the offseason. Something we should have seen written on the wall that Bruce Arians just historically has not liked Ronald Jones. It's something to do with pass blocking, the pass receiving prowess or lack thereof that he's shown. Obviously, Bernard's kind of their third down guy, but yeah, Lenny's been showing out for real. That's what Rojo gets for flirting with his wife at the, the Christmas party or whatever happened is. <laughs> what, what about James Conner? Is that a name that you like to to go somewhere next year or maybe get re-signed by Arizona? He was showing out in Pittsburgh after Love Bell, and then he had a slew of injuries, but went healthy. Seems to be a good runner. Yeah, I guess. This might be the time to sell James Conner because last week with Edmonds going down, he got to shine. Well, would you be surprised if next week James Conner doesn't do a whole lot and then Eno Benjamin shines next week or James Conner, there's someone else on the team next year because obviously Chase Edmonds is going to be gone, be 27 next year. I have a hard time trusting anyone with the word con in their name. <laughs> yeah, he's roughly the same age, you know, as Zeke Kamara, that um, Fortnite area of guys. But he's able to, you know, handle 20 carries a game. This year, obviously a little outlier on the scoring, more than likely. But you put a good goal line running back on Arizona, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. Saw it last year with Kenyon Drake kind of getting that goal line work. So if he returns to Arizona on a low-money contract and keeps the goal line job, could be awesome for another year. Be a name in the hat of free agents with potentially Hunt and Fournette looking around to go ruin someone else's value, maybe Michael Carter in New York. Do you have anybody else who's you know down farther than these tiers? We've talked about roughly 40 guys or so there. Anybody who's kind of deep, who's maybe not worth a whole lot right now? but could potentially see a rise in value between now and next year. Yeah, I know someone that we always like holding on to is uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, just because no one's under contract in Tampa next year, Rojo and Leonard Fournette. He had third-round draft capital, I believe it was out of Vanderbilt. He had the most broken tackles in the SEC that year, and he's just kind of been the odd man out there. I don't think it's anything to do with him being an awful player just that they're a super bowl ready team right now and they'd rather play the veterans instead of try to develop someone with a 44 year old quarterback so potentially if he gets more of an opportunity and then uh what naheem hines got that contract extension from the colts he'll be a third down guy and then gus edwards probably returning to cuff value behind dobbins there's a couple of rookies that really haven't gotten a whole lot of run this year or only runs in limited little spurts. And that'd be like Trey Sermon. I know. I get it. Preach. We all know. <laughs> Not doing awesome so far this year. Khalil Herbert mm. got a little bit of a run with Monty out, but Monty back. It's a good name. Madre Stevenson. You know, every time you flip a coin, you get a different RB in the Patriots backfield. He's been a heads coin flip occasionally <laughs> you know maybe maybe next year maybe he gets an opportunity you mentioned ronald jones there free agent could land in a pretty sweet spot they did have that out for mixon so if some for some reason they cut like mixon or did something crazy there that would obviously be a boost for like chris evans 
who uh, they took in the sixth round this year. So it's not like he's got great draft capital. Eno. Yeah, they said he had some of the best hands. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Some of the best hands. Eno Benjamin, you're just going to mention that's a good one. And then if you think that Derrick Henry potentially is going to be problematic, Darrington Evans had third round capital at Appalachian State a year ago. They're somewhere where I wouldn't be surprised at all if they drafted someone or brought in a free agent. And it seemed like they were trying to get the complimentary piece when they drafted Darrington Evans. He showed out some in college. I've, I've liked him for a while. It's just as soon as his opportunity arises, he's hurt. So he's just, his shit, the stars haven't aligned for him there, but I still like the player. Yeah, I'm curious. I haven't uh, quite brushed up on his injury status currently, but I hope we get to see some of him down the stretch this year. Hopefully, currently on IR. Yeah, knee problem. Oh, it sounds like it'll end his year. So there goes that. <laughs> so we touched on some guys who could take like a big jump. Who are some guys who have some value right now who are just going to fall off the face of the earth next year? Mike Davis, for sure, uh, seems to mm-hmm. be that guy. Yep, he's already spiraling into infinity. At Cordell Patterson, Melvin Gordon was probably yep. not even a name that we mentioned outside of leaving town for Williams. Jamal. Javante Williams. Oh, oh, J. Will. Javante Williams, yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew it was J. Will. <laughs> Drake has put up a couple good weeks in a row here, but obviously he's 27. He's still got some like big money contract, relatively big money. Mm-hmm. Big money for running back next year. Yep. PPR relevant only. David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, if you're still like holding on to those guys for some weird reason. <laughs> Latavius Murray, potentially. Any of those Baltimore running backs currently. Lev Bell, Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, those guys are going to Probably go right back to where they were, sitting on their couch. Yep. When you said Williams, I was thinking Jamal Williams, because he's 26 and a half. He's behind Swift, who's a rising star. Some people really liked him at the beginning of the season. Even in like the zero RB crowd, we're, we're touting him pretty hard. He's not worth a whole lot now, and I imagine he's worth even less next year. Uh, Sony Michelle is over 26 and a half currently. He'll be 27 next year. Someone who has some cuff value right now falling off. Latavius Murray, 31 right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be worth almost nothing next year, and he has some value this year. Kamara missing this week with a knee injury. Maybe Ingram puts up some good numbers and gets some value, and you can sell a high to a contender if Kamara misses extended time, basically with a Murray replacement. I think Murray replaced Ingram, and now Ingram's replacing Murray. That's how the Saints like to do their business. Yeah, if you you already are rebuilding, you know you're not competing this year, and you're not trying to get rid of Ingram this week, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you definitely need to be getting rid of him. Yep, and then Abraham Mostert coming off an injury next year. Don't necessarily even know where he'll be next year, but probably won't be San Francisco. Someone we forgot to mention in the risers that I did want to mention was Jarrett Patterson. He's kind of hidden, obviously, behind the supposed future CMC. (laughs) But uh, just someone who has the potential to break out if the stars aligned appropriately. Obviously, that's starting to get down here into the really deep guys. But he's someone who... If I'm finishing out the season, I'm rebuilding, and I'm trying to find guys that just might have value next year to stick on the end of my bench, he would be someone who would qualify for me, at least. Definitely. Definitely agree with that. Demetric Felton, if you count him as a running back, (laughs) he's someone who I'd like to stash as well. Obviously, Landry isn't a young guy. 
They got rid of OBJ. Uh, Rashad Higgins is someone who is okay, but never going to rise in value past basically about where he's at right now, as far as I'm concerned. Assuming he continues to get the RB designation, he's already shown he's dynamic as far as his return ability. He can play out as a wide receiver. He can be in the backfield. If they cut Hunt and actually gave him a bigger role because of it, Dearness Johnson wasn't there anymore or something. There's various ways where it could happen, but someone really deep who I've liked. Yeah, I liked Felton coming out. I was really surprised to see this 40 time. And then, you know, I joined the uh, the group on the dock and I kept seeing, you know, Jamar Jefferson well above Felton. And as you like to give me credit for, I'm a big tape guy. And so Demetric Felton on tape always flashed to me. And I was really surprised to never really hear him spoken about. And then I heard, you know, the wide receiver versus running back stuff. And I was like, and I could see it. he's kind of a Swiss Army guy. I don't know if it was the tape on his arms in college or what it was, but he always kind of reminded me of Kamara with the ability to catch Texas or angle routes out of the backfield and kind of make a guy miss in space and a mismatch for a linebacker for sure. Jamar Jefferson is someone who went and athletically tested and... Very poorly. Plummeted. (laughs) Plummeted. I was so much more excited before we got the athletic testing. It's a lot of speculation when you're trying to figure out these guys until you actually get them into a controlled environment and tested, which last year calling it a controlled environment was a bit of a stretch. (laughs) Yeah. If everyone had an LSU controlled environment, we'd have, you know, stars all over the place. They'd all be running 438, that's for sure. <laughs> Who was it as well? Kylan Hill might be a decent, very uh, deep league stash. If he's somehow available, you can slide him right on IR. I think he towards ACL, unfortunately, this year. But with Aaron Jones, with that contract that he might get out of, and then A.J. Dillon is going to be the replacement there. Presumably, Kylan Hill would then become the backup to A.J. Dillon. In years to come, he was awesome in college and just like Chuba Hubbard fell, you know, precipitously in that draft. So someone that at some point was touted as the next big guy in Devi. So I like it. I like it. If there was one more person I was going to throw out there, I would have you pronounce them and then I would talk about them. But it would be Kenye and Wong Wu. Mm, yeah, Kenye and Wong Wu. He had that nice uh, kick return for a touchdown. He, you know, he looked fast. He towards Achilles in college, was it, at Iowa State, fourth-round pick? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You look at this guy on, like, player profile, and his bars are outrageous. <laughs> this guy is an athletic awesome. It's unfortunate that he's behind Madison, who is basically the same age. Is he even younger? Him and Pollard came out in that 2019 class. I think this is their third season, so they'll have him for another year. That's wild. Madison is younger. And then in Wangwu, yeah, because he had to take that year off for the Achilles, and it might have even been a year plus. He really did not return for a while from that Achilles. Younger, they're really close. I don't even know if it's a whole half of a year, but just just as far as I want a young guy to throw on my bench who he's athletically gifted at the very least. Crazier things have happened, like the rise of James Robinson. He's someone who at least would have that potential to be awesome if everything aligned perfectly. Yeah, definitely. You know, it could seem outrageous to someone right now for you to say Ken and Wong Wu and just, you know, something happens to Cook and then Madison gets injured and it's like, oh, here's Ken and Wong Wu and he's, you know, freaking awesome. Like with James Robinson where it was like Divino Zigbo got hurt or got on COVID list and then mm-hmm. Rayquel Armstead was on COVID and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Fournette gets cut and then it's not Chris Thompson because he's a scat back and he's 30. And then it's like, oh, this this uh, undrafted kid out of Northern Illinois is pretty good. 
crazier things have happened. Definitely. Crazier things will happen, that's for sure. Someone that we didn't even name will be a top 12 running back next year. Yep. Like Tony Jones Jr., or uh, if that's even his name, I might have just butchered it, but Tony Jones was, you know, suddenly the cuff in New Orleans this season when they released Latavius Murray, kind of surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And then he suddenly became nothing when he got hurt again. Yep. I was kind of hoping, I was like, I can't wait till he comes back off IR. Nobody's thinking about him. He's basically free, stash him on some IRs, and then they trade for Ingram. <laughs> and now Kamara might be missing some time, so maybe he's back to the backup and could battle Ingram for the starter job. Yep, he'd have to get off IR first. I, I'd still waiting. He would have to get off IR. I hear that. Still waiting to hear when, if that is going to happen or not. Yep. Yeah, a lot of guys coming off IR and we, you know, these ranks are going to change, you know, how CAH comes off IR, how Sanders comes off IR, how a lot of these dudes perform last half of the season. If Chris Carson ever comes back from that neck injury and how he looks, you know, a lot of things will change. I'd venture to say one of these running backs might, you know, unfortunately suffer a bad injury, and then we'll revisit these in the offseason. Yep. I like to not use the logic that, oh, this person's going to get injured. Rather, take a step back, look at the hole, and say there is a certain percentage of these guys that are going to get hurt. So knowing that, there's certain guys that actually could elevate to relevance if something were to happen to the guy ahead of him, and then focus on those guys. So hopefully what we presented to you here can help you make better decisions concerning running backs when trying to make moves for the future and for the now. Henry? Appreciate you always putting in the work, always stealing my guys. <laughs> you know, thank you for showing up and making my life difficult. Yep, it was a pleasure to steal Najee there. Three <laughs> sounds like I let you get a couple of your guys farther down the line. I know you're big into ETN, mm-hmm. and I think you even wound up with Acres as well, and probably Dobbins, all the injured guys now, and Derrick Henry. Maybe all of them, or I took Derrick Henry. Either way. Mm -hmm. So, pleasure as always drafting. Look forward to wide receivers next week. Yep. Next week, if all goes well, we will have a special guest, possibly even a returning guest. Oh, my favorite. Joining us for wide receivers. Until then, you are just going to have to guess and make your best prophecy as to who it might be. Uh, But until then, I am Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. I-O-W-A-I-N-T-H-E NFL. And Clairvoyance, C-L-A-I-R-V-O-Y-A-N-C-E-F-F on Twitter. Look at that. You don't even have to Google. I don't even have to do it myself. Taking my job. (laughs) Well, and listeners, until then, thank you for hanging with us. Peace out. Yeah, it's a wrap.